Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ who has come again this day to proclaim the message to you. Amen. This weekend is the last weekend in the church season of Epiphany, the season of light. And throughout our texts in this Epiphany season, they have guided us with one dominant underlying theme. And that is that they reveal Jesus Christ to us. We started off with Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River, and we heard God the Father himself proclaim Jesus as his son, his beloved, in whom he is pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes and alights on Jesus, sending him out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. After that, Jesus appears on the shores of Galilee and calls his first disciples, common people working in common jobs. They were not scribes or lawyers. They were not academics or even theologians. In fact, I would question whether they even had the equivalent of a high, high school diploma. But each of them surely possessed a PhD in real world life. He found them doing what they were called to do, what sustained them and the people around them, as he called fishermen to be the first disciples. I was thinking about this that when I was in Israel almost four years ago now, each morning when we awoke, this multi-millennial tradition still exists on the Sea of Galilee. That by about eight o'clock in the morning, most of the fishermen are done and they're bringing in their harvest to feed the demand of fresh Galilean sardines, which is a breakfast staple. Fishermen still serving their people. We heard last week that on the Sabbath, Jesus shows up in the synagogue at Capernaum and he teaches those in attendance in such a new and powerful way that we hear that the people are amazed. Capernaum was a small fishing town perched on the northwest shore of Galilee, but it is also situated on what is known as the Viomere. It was the major travel corridor from the northern territories, Turkey, Syria, that region, through Israel, past Jerusalem, down into Egypt and northern Africa. Hundreds and thousands of travelers moved on this corridor every day, and the news of Jesus spread quickly and far. What kind of teaching could have created such excitement in its being heard? What difference did it make? People were used to hearing the teachings spoken by the scribes, the same text spoken over and over, the same stories used repeatedly. And I can only imagine that it was a breath of fresh air that day as Jesus stepped up and began to teach. It was not the same old, same old. It was a teaching that was powerful. It brought life and excitement that could not be contained. And hearing all of this has revealed Christ to us. But there's more. We turn to today's text and we hear that as soon as Jesus and the disciples leave the synagogue, they enter Peter's house. You see, Peter lived almost in the shadow of the synagogue, his house situated about the distance from me to the back of the sanctuary from the synagogue. Now, I don't think Jesus went to Peter's house for post-worship brunch. At least we're not told that. But we are told that Peter's mother-in-law lay sick, which may not seem like a big deal, and maybe it wasn't, but we're told she lays with fever. And often to have fever in the first century was not a good thing. In fact, to have a fever 
was a grave condition, as that meant that you were often so sick that death was knocking at the door. Sickness that causes fever is still a serious issue depending on who you are today. If you've been the parent of a newborn who has a fever, you know this worry. Or if you are one of those in vulnerable categories of life, you know that when a fever comes, this is a sign of great trouble. And even more so in these last 11 months, fever is the symptom that we have looked for that in likely indicates that one has now been exposed and is infected by COVID-19. And for most, that has been worrisome because, because we know that in the presence that a fever may indicate for some, not much of a difference, but for many, it means there's trouble. That death is knocking at the door and for some, death has surely entered. We now have a no, whole new way of understanding, seeing and hearing how things are affected when sickness rules the day. Almost a year ago, I and several friends left for an ice fishing trip to Lake of the Woods. And when we left, while we had certainly been hearing about coronavirus on the coast, it really had not touched us here yet. But over the course of those five days that we were gone, our world changed dramatically. We came back to high stress, high anxiety, a lot of unknowns, radical decisions that had to be made to protect each other. And probably the most immediate impactful res result was the way that we work and care for each other. It changed overnight. Now, I don't have to speak into this too much as we are still living this 11 months later. But the point I'm trying to speak into is that when sickness and disease comes to someone, it certainly alters their function. And we can see and know that what happens in times like that is the vocational roles of our community changes. But on the other hand, it also speaks to the hope that we long for in a vaccine and in processes which will lead us to immunity. Because we long to be restored to normal, whatever normal might be. I think we all agree and know that normal will look different beyond COVID. We long for interaction without caution. We long for hugs and handshakes, or at least I do. We long for the ability of recognizing each other and seeing a smile. Think about the last time that happened. We long for gathering together, and that day will come, hopefully sooner than later. I believe that deep down, we miss serving each other. Now, I'm not talking about serving like a servant. What I'm, what I'm talking about is that we're called to, at times, care for one another. I think about the burden put on our medical community, those that continue to serve people even when it puts themselves at risk, and I am grateful, truly grateful for those that continue to do this. But what I do mean is that we miss caring for each other, having community with each other, leaning into one another, and so we long for life beyond COVID. Jesus takes Peter's mother-in-law by the hand 
He raises her up, and the fever leaving her, she begins to serve them. Now, we're not told how she serves them, but the point is that she is restored to a place, both mentally, physically, spiritually, where she is living out the way that she cares for others. It is not that we should focus on this as a gender or societal role, which is often how this gets taught, but she is restored in a way that shows what God is up to. I shared a story with the Wednesday Bible study group, one that most could relate to in one way or another. I likened Peter's mother-in-law serving the group in like when I used to visit my grandmother when I was a child. You could never leave my grandmother's house without a meal. Food was brown, it was hot, and there was plenty of it. It was what she loved to do to show us that she cared for us. It was her way of sustaining us. It was her way of keeping us healthy. It was her way of giving us energy to go back out into the world. And she did it out of an obligation of love, not because of some domestic role. Friends, I think that the hard part about our lives today is that so much has changed and been affected in our lives, especially in this last year, and we don't always know what to depend on. The things that we have often convinced ourselves are certain and dependable have been stripped away. We took too much for granted. Even in our ability to see a friend or a loved one face to face, to gather together in important times to celebrate a birthday, an anniversary, or a milestone, and who would have even begun to fathom that we could not gather for Easter or Christmas. Even the things we love to do when we're not working have changed dramatically. But I will tell you that hope does not disappoint. After Jesus restored Peter's mother-in-law, we hear that the word about Jesus goes out and it's on the loose and that the whole town shows up at the doorway People come to hear and see this teaching, this word that literally changes lives, and this word is still changing lives today. We just have to speak it. Because in the midst of all that is going on in our world and in your life, this word that Jesus speaks breaks through the worries of the day. It exercises those voices that want to separate you from knowing God and God's goodness for you. And it is the only thing in your life that is unchanged and dependable. He sent the Holy Spirit to draw you to this place today in this time so that he can proclaim this message to you. God loves you completely. He has promised you the forgiveness of sins, the things that try to separate you from him, and he grants you new life when you believe in him and trust in him. He actually tells you this right from the text. After Peter and the disciples find Jesus praying, he tells them, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim this message there also, because that's what I came to do. This is what he did and what he is still doing. And so you would know this message is specifically for you. He invites you today to his table where he will give you his own body and blood and say, I have done this for you.
St. Paul reminds us in our reading from 1 Corinthians, which we also hear from Luther's great work of freedom of a Christian, that to have heard and to know and to live through the gospel is both a freedom beyond anything else that you can experience in your life and that you are equally bound to as a slave. That is, the knowledge of the gospel is not yours to keep for yourself, hidden away from others. But you are called to open your mouth and speak these promises to those around you so that they too may know the security and peace and joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This security that comes in knowing you are a child of God. The great message of Epiphany is just this. God has revealed himself to you in his son, Jesus Christ. And it is he who meets you here and now to proclaim that you are my beloved child, held in my promises that are bound to you for an eternity. And on you, my favor rests. Now go, open your mouth, and tell others this good news. Thanks be to God. Amen.